Welcome to Step Up to the Microphone. It's a great day to be alive. Well, hopefully y'all are having a great day today. It looks like the weather's going to be good. So let's roll into this thing. Let's get into some of these bizarro world headlines that we always like to get into. And then we'll get into our topic today. And that is knowing your strength or your gifts. And we'll get into 1 Corinthians a little bit to explain them. Alright, so here we go. You know, I'm really getting sick of the Democrats and how sick they are, how demented they are. The crazy governor from New York is now saying that white kids need to die in order for police reform to take hold. Wow. He has just come out and been point-blank racist against white people like every other Democrat right now. Here he says, shooting gun, shootings, gun laws, access to weapons. Oh, I know when they'll change. Your kids start getting killed. White people's kids start getting killed. He said in a vid- video published by Mediate. No, that's not the problem. Guns have never been the problem, Mr. Cuomo. They will never be the problem. The problem is we are in a corrupt world and we are feeding this garbage that you're putting out to our children. We live in a society that is taking God and the Bible out of it. How do you expect a moral, an immoral society to not have gun violence when you're teaching it through video games, TV shows, rap music, western country music, any type of music really, we're teaching violence all around the block. It's not going to change unless we make the change. We have to start pushing conservative values. So Mr. Cuomo, take your liberal values and shove them where the sun don't shine. We are not going to listen to you. Guns are not the issue. It is people. Always has been. The more corrupt society gets, the worse the violence gets. Track church attendance versus crime. Where there's high church attendance, there's normally less crime. So let's let's just look at that. Just just look at that over the past 50 to 60 years and look at the crime rates and how they've grown. We've pushed people out of the church. We've pushed them into bars, into clubs, into gangs, instead of pushing them into the church. So yes, gun violence is going to be an issue. Knife violence, any kind of violence will be an issue. So Mr. Cuomo, you are dead wrong on that. That will not solve the gun issue. A criminal will still find a way to keep a gun. That's what criminals do, sir. So, shut your mouth, learn a little respect, and learn how the world really operates. And quit playing in liberal fantasy land. Now let's get into another story. Let's look at another psycho bizarro world governor and Governor Whitmer over there in Michigan. She has expanded the COVID mask order to toddlers as young as two years old. What kind of psycho would do this? They don't even need to be wearing the mask, period. No one does. It is creating a problem with bacterial pneumonia. Call the hospitals and ask them how many COVID patients they have versus bacterial pneumonia. You will be astounded by the numbers. The media is gaslighting you. So, Governor Whitmer, I have to give you the dummy award. I'm sorry, but you don't know what you're doing. You are not looking at the real science. You are playing politics with these people's lives, and it's wrong. So stop this now. There is no reason for it. Just stop it. 
the truth is that this virus is not that bad. It is nowhere near as, as y'all are wanting us to believe and buy into. We are tired of your programming and your television. Sorry, we aren't buying the bull anymore. So stop it, get a new tactic, or just go ahead and resign. Because you should probably be in prison anyway for all the stuff you did during the election, which was treasonous. So, there are your options. We've given them to you. Now let's get on to something else. And here we have another reason to stay off of Twitter. They are suppressing the Hunter Biden story over hacked material, but now they are allowing the spread of police officers' personal info obtained in a breach. Come on, when are we going to stop this stupidness? I mean, we're letting these people get away with everything, and then we're going to attack our police officers? The people that are there to protect us? Please, this is getting beyond ridiculous. I mean, this is getting stupid. Twitter is doing nothing about the doxing of police officers who are subjects of Black Lives Matter outrage campaigns. In fact, the highly unethical piece of journalism that exposes would be anonymous donors to a crowdfunding site that was allowed to trend on the platform despite the fact it was openly based on hacked material. Wow, so they hacked these police officers' information and just gave them out. That's just sick. That's the minute that's wrong. You should not be doing that to a police officer. They have family. We should respect them. They might have done something wrong. Let the law handle it. We are not letting the rule of law handle anything. We're getting all ticked off and upset and letting our emotions control everything. No, it's time to stop letting emotions control things and let the law take over. But the problem is we can't trust the law anymore because look what happened over the past six months, the past seven months. The craziness that went on because the law was not upheld. It was tossed around like a bag of trash. So, just let's get back to rule of law. That'd be the best course of action. Let's get back to following the Constitution and tell these people in power that they're going to follow the Constitution or they're not going to be in power anymore. And if you value your life and you want the police officers to get home safely, I'd suggest get, getting rid of Twitter. They're obviously anti-American, anti-everything we stand for. So why are they even still running? They're doing everything in their power to turn us into a communist, socialist nation. Tell them to shove bricks. Tell them to hit the road. We don't need them. Get out of town. We have other sources for social media we can go to. There's Clout Hub. There's Telegram. There's MeWe. There's Zapit. Frank's speech is coming out next week. Or actually, Monday, April 19th, today. Once this hits, it'll be today. So, there are other alternatives to Twitter. We need to use them and use them to take Twitter and Facebook down and do it hard and fast and swift. And make no apology for it at all. Don't feel sorry for them when they lose their millions and billions. Just sit there and look at them and say, well, that's what you deserve for trying to spread hate and evil. We aren't going to buy into that. We're not going to let you do that to us. It's time for you to pay for your actions. Your actions have consequences, and those are the consequences. We will not use your product anymore. Same for any other company that's sitting there trying to fight our values and what we believe in. 
just tell them to shove it. We don't need your product that badly. Goodbye, Coca-Cola. Goodbye, Pepsi. Goodbye, Nike. Goodbye, whoever else. We don't need your product that bad that it's going to affect our values. So yes, tell Twitter goodbye. Tell Facebook goodbye. I know I told Facebook goodbye January 6th once I saw the commies were taking over. So yeah, it's time to tell them adios amigo. Bon voyage. Gonna see you never. Heartbreaking column here on the Western Journal. And it ties into church. You know, we have crime rates going up. Well, for the first time ever, less than half of Americans belong to a house of worship. That is just sad. We need to get our butts back in those pews, back in fellowship and community with each other, back in church. We need to start learning about Jesus. Without God in the Bible, we cannot have a moral, correct society. So let's get back into it. We can't be letting this stuff happen. We got to get back into church. It is kind of mandatory. We need to have our souls fed. Even if it's a small house church that you start yourself. Just do it. I completely understand. People are gun shy about going to church now because, oh, they're going to ask me for money. Oh, they're preaching something that is not in the Bible. I'm not going to go to church. They're full of hypocrites. Those are the excuses I used to give. But I found a church that actually does the will of God. Yeah, there are people in there that are going to be two-faced. You got to expect that. Give them the grace of God. Maybe they'll change their ways. Who knows? But you can't sit there and say, I'm not going to go to church, and then expect the world to get better whenever the world's going down in a tailspin. It's lit on fire, and they're pouring gas on it. And it's because we don't have that moral backbone from the church that we need right now. We need to get back in it. We need to start bringing it back. So let's do it. Let's get up on Sunday morning, Wednesday night, whatever day of the week they're open, go. Have fellowship. Have community. It will change your outlook. It will make you feel better. Get plugged into small groups. Make friends. Volunteer for things like mentoring people or helping the elderly. Just get involved. Go there. Learn. Feed your soul a little bit. Feed your soul a lot, actually, because we need it. We need our souls to be fed by the living God. If we don't, then the world's going to continue to burn itself to a crisp. And we can't afford that. We really can't. We can't afford to let these people take over and perform what they want to perform on us. So open your eyes. Let's get back into church. Let's start reading the Word. Even if it means that you've got three or four buddies over on Friday night and y'all do a Bible study for about two hours and then y'all spend all day Sunday doing praise and worship or all day Saturday doing praise and worship, then so be it. But at least have fellowship with someone and get your butts back in the Word of God. It will help tremendously. It will change perspective. It will change the way your children act and your family acts. It will make life so much better. If you don't believe me, then try it. Or ask someone that has tried it, who had a horrible life before, who had turned away from God, or had never known God. Trust me, once you let God in and let Him take control, your life gets better. 
It just becomes blissful almost. Yes, there will be tough times, but that's life. But you will have a hedge of protection around you. So just go for it. There's nothing to lose. Even if you're an atheist, there's nothing to lose by going to church and getting involved with good-hearted people. There really isn't. Maybe God will open your eyes and you'll see the truth. Which brings me to a couple interesting sites I came across about. They have some physicists that have found out the soul is separate from the body, but it controls the body. This is pretty interesting. I mean, they're proving that there is an external soul in another realm that's connected to our body. That's awesome. We're proving the Bible again, that we have an ever-living soul. Unless you decide you want to go to the, the lake of fire and kill your soul. But yes, we have a soul. I'll post those on to this episode so y'all can read them. It's pretty cool stuff. I mean, it's... Yeah, the Bible is coming more and more true with science every day. I mean, it's taking scientists to find this. Whoever thought that would happen? That's just freaking awesome. It's cool. I like it. Yeah, they're really great articles. I mean, really great articles. And some of this work was done in Germany. So, and that's where a bunch of physicists are at the, I forget what it's called. I think the Heilenberg, or I don't remember. But they do a bunch of work over there. And yeah, it's cool. They're finding out that, we yes, we do have a soul that is separate from the body. That, yeah, that's just awesome. That's what's powering our body right now. Think about it. What's giving us the electrical charge through our brain and our heart and our nerves to control our body? It's our soul. When our soul leaves our body, our body stops working. And they're figuring out it's true. Just, it's awesome. Totally awesome. So let's get into our main topic for the night. And that is knowing your strengths, the gifts of God. I'm going to start by reading from 1 Corinthians. I think that's the right thing to do. Read the passage that this is based on. And then we'll go over it a little bit. So here we go. This is off the Blue Letter Bible app again. I'm using the app today on my phone. Spiritual Gifts, Unity, and Diversity. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 1 through 11. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles carried away to these dumb idols. However, you were led. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God caused Jesus accursed, and no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. That's like, I'm doing a podcast, you could go to a church, there's other ways to minister. And there are diversities of activities, but it's the same God who works in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. So we each have gifts, and it's meant to better each other. So we need to use them to better each other. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit. So one person could just be really wise and tell you smart things to help you get along things you need to hear at the at the right time to another the word of knowledge through the same spirit so like me I'm great I know how to do things so I'm able to teach I'm able to explain how to do things to for these young guys I work with 
to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same Spirit. See, we have all these different gifts that we can use. Like my wife's a nurse for the cancer center over there where she works. So she understands that. She has been gifted with that by the Holy Spirit. To another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all of these things, disturbing to each one individually as he wills. So God knows what your gifts are. He expects you to understand your gifts, but you have to learn how to use them. That's our problem right now for the remnant of Christians still working hard is we don't understand our gifts. We haven't in a long time. We've just gone with the flow. We've let these pagan holidays take over. We've let the world take over and we haven't worked in our gifts. We haven't used them to glorify God. We haven't used them to promote the kingdom. We've used them to promote ourselves, to make ourselves better. Which, hey, if we were promoting God, he'd be using those gifts in a totally different way. And your life would probably be much better. So we should start working on finding out what our gifts are. And know that yes, the devil will try to use our gifts against us. That is what he does. He uses whatever he can as a tactical advantage. Your strengths and your weaknesses. He will use them. If you're really strong at training someone, he might bring someone that is so stubborn that they actually get under your skin. I mean, that's what the devil does. He is deceptive. His three goals are to steal, kill, and destroy. And he'll use your gifts to do it if you don't pay attention. That's why we got to stay in the Holy Spirit. We got to stay hungry. We got to work our spiritual muscles out. So we're making sure that we're keeping up the armor of God. Because that's a heavy weight on us, the armor of God, if we're not keeping our spiritual muscles up. But yes, we each have unique gifts, and we need to learn how to use them. If you don't know how to use yours, ask for help. Don't be afraid to ask for help from a fellow brother or sister in Christ. Or if you don't know Jesus, come to Jesus and learn your gift. I mean, trust me, it'll be awesome for you. It'll be great. Remember, always ask, seek, and knock. I'm going to read a little passage from Matthew 7 here to help you understand that. Because to understand your gifts, you have to ask God what they are. You have to seek them out. Just like you have to ask about Jesus and seek him out. So this is Matthew 7, verses 7 through 12. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened for you. So it's telling us, if you're asking to know what your gifts are, and you're seeking them out, and you knock on the door, God will open the door for you to understand it. Or if you're asking, to, what, what's my next step in life, and you seek it out, God will tell you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks it, it will be opened. See? Right there. They're telling you that you have to ask, seek, and knock. You just can't sit there and stand at the door like, oh, well, these people aren't letting me in. Uh, I guess I need to go. No. Ask, seek, and knock. You're not going to go deliver a pizza to a house and not knock on the door. I mean, or or go visit someone's house for dinner and not knock on the door to let them know you're there. So knock on the door. Knock on God's door and ask him, what's up? Seek it. Seek it out.
seek out your strengths, ask God, just ask him, what are my strengths? How do I get better at them? Knock on that door and just bug the heck out of him. He'll give you the answer. Or what man is there among you who, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Would you give your kid a stone instead of bread to eat? No. Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent? No, we wouldn't give him a snake to eat either. If you then bring, being evil, yes, but by nature we are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? So if we're doing what we need to, and what we're asked to, and we repent and ask God for forgiveness, and actually quit doing the things we were doing, just think of the gifts he has laid up for you in heaven. Dude, you think getting an MP3 player and an Xbox for Christmas was awesome as a kid? Nah. Think about what he has up for, up there for you. Getting a new car for Christmas from your spouse? No. Something ten times better. You just gotta do what God asks you to do. Therefore, whatever you want men to do to you, do also to them. For this is the law and the prophets. So do unto others as you would have them do unto you. You wouldn't sit there and punch someone in the face and laugh about it. So why would you do other things? I mean, you wouldn't like them to do that to you. And you wouldn't like to sit on a gift and not use it. A gift to help someone. So use your gifts. That's what they're meant to be done with. I know I've failed at that a lot. But I'm working on it. I'm getting better at it. What I'm not good at, I will be asking for help. A ton of help. And I will need it. I know I will. So don't be afraid to ask. Ask and you will seek. Seek and knock and you will be given the gift that you're asking for. So, let's work on our spiritual gifts. Let's make them better. Let's be on fire. Let's be nuclear hot in our soul and quit being, I don't know, like the fire's been put out. Dark and dull. Let's start living for God. Because if we were to put God and the Bible back into our society, and we were to work on our gifts and help each other out with them, this world would be so awesome, we wouldn't have near the issues we have in it, and everyone would be happy. Well, 90% of the people would be happy. We have the 10% of the Luciferian devil worshippers over there that would be ticked off because they wouldn't be getting their way. But most of the world would be happy, and life would be much better for everyone. And if you don't know how to ask for your gift, it's simple. You say, God the Father, thank you for Jesus dying for my sins and being my sacrificial lamb. And thank you for the Holy Spirit being here to guide me and teach me and help me understand. God, can you help me understand what my gifts are? Can you teach me so I can build up a treasure in heaven, so I can build up great things for you on the earth? Great works and wonders, Lord. That's all you have to ask. And then finish it off with amen. Not a woman. We definitely don't want to do that. That would tick God off. Amen is actually a Hebrew word. Look it up. The Hebrew word for trust. I mean, just pay attention to what you're asking for. Don't ask for more than you can chew. Because God will give it to you. And you will have to learn on the fly. Or actually do ask for more than you can chew and get the help to figure out how to work it out. 
that'd be my advice. Because it's always nice to have more than you can chew. Because God will teach you. He will make it hard. But it will be enjoyable in the end. Well, let's get into some good news. Because it's always great to end the show with good news. So here we go. This is off the Good News Network about a boy that they thought would never walk or talk, and he got accepted to college. That's awesome. He's able to walk and talk, and he's going to college. That is great. That's inspiring. That's things we'd love to see right there. Beating the odds, being the underdog, and stepping up and beating the odds. I just love it. I love when great things happen to people. Hopefully he graduates pretty high in his class. Let's see what other good news stories we got out there today that we can just relish in a little bit. So here's a touching story right here about after being given 0% chance to live by doctors, baby born weighing less than one pound now on track for world record. And when baby Richard was born at 21 weeks at Children's Minnesota Hospital in Minneapolis, he weighed less than a pound. Now the baby could be named the smallest baby ever to survive. Now that his family has been contacted by Guinness World Records, once he clears his first birthday, he'll be added to the records. That's cool. He shouldn't have even survived, and he did. That's awesome. He was less than a pound. That is great news. They gave him 0% chance of living. And his parents get to sit there and still hold him and play with him. And oh man, you gotta love that. He was able to develop and he got out of there. Awesome news. Awesome news. There's a couple of good, heartwarming police stories right here. A police officer in Pittsburgh bonded with a teen over the love of running. That's great. That's what we need to see. And then another officer in Delaware, a Delaware trooper, connects with a young boy over love of basketball. These are some videos on Fox News. Great news. We can't let people be scared of cops anymore. Let's show them that they're human too and they love to do things. That's what we need to do. Well, that's all I have for tonight, y'all. Y'all have a great day. God bless. Remember, if you liked it, to smash that like button and subscribe. See you later.